Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Consensus, brought to you by Census Technologies. I'll be your host for today, Gabrielle, and I am thrilled to be joined right now by Robbie Miller, who will be talking to us today about standardizing applications of your instrument tracking system across multiple facilities, not just one. So here today to share his expertise with us is Robbie. So Robbie, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Gabrielle. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So to start off, let's give our audience uh, just a brief introduction about yourself. Uh, so name, title, your facility, as well as just talk a little bit about your role within your facility and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I have to. So as you said, I'm Robbie Miller. I'm a sterile processing department manager uh, at St. Joseph's Hospital and Medical Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Been here for about 25 years with more than 20 years experience in leading sterile processing departments um, here. Uh, and I also um, play a, a essential role as a subject matter expert in my enterprise, which is Common Spirit Health. Uh, we're 142 hospitals across 28 states, and I do a, a great deal of work uh, not only supporting my local department here, but also uh, pushing forward as an enterprise uh, in the SPD forum. And so we're gonna talk about SensorTrack here today, which is the tracking system that we're using in our enterprise and here at my facility. Well, Robbie, in your opinion, what do you think makes instrument management systems critical resources necessary for process success? No, oh, great question. You know, when I think about these instrument management systems, which are just that, they're not tracking systems, they're management systems. Um, it's really five key components that I think of um, that these systems um, do for us. So the first one is asset management. Um, and so we start thinking about what resources do we actually have? When are we using them? Uh, they allow us to manage those assets with respect to repairs, refurbishment, and there's actually quite a bit of cost savings that we can realize if we effectively deploy these systems to, to, to manage our assets. The second component is electronic documentation. Um, and so if you think about the count sheets, the load documentation, high-level disinfection, sterilization, we can record qualification testing and, and do all sorts of different quality assurance monitoring um, and keep all of our documentation electronic, which uh, prevents us from, you know, storing boxes and boxes of documents in a warehouse somewhere and paying those fees much quick, uh, quicker to access them as well. And then the third thing is, is we can really uh, design a process, a structured process that drives patient safety, regulatory compliance uh, within our department. We can design workflows. We can set our staff up for success, especially in this complex environment that they're working in with so many different instructions for use. Um, it's really, really essential that we use these systems uh, to give them the tools to be successful, which ultimately keeps our patients safe. The fourth thing is, is these systems provide us with objective data for reporting. Um, so we can look at things like quality, asset usage, productivity, which we're gonna talk a little bit about today, which has been a key focus for us within our uh, enterprise. And then the fifth thing, of course, is instrument traceability. Again, they're not instrument tracking systems, they're instrument management systems, but instrument traceability um, is a key component to what these systems have to offer us. Um, and it is important that we deploy them to track through our departments as well as all the way to the patient to have that traceability in place. Well, you actually just recently transitioned your instrument management system uh, to SensorTrack. So uh, what was that process like? What management system did you use prior to SensorTrack? Uh, what kind of differences have you seen thus far? I mean, I, that's a loaded question. So uh, let's start with uh, the transition. Uh, what was that process like? 
Absolutely. So, yeah, we were utilizing Impress, um, and we had been using that application for about 15 years here, and we recently converted to Sensitrack, uh, really because Impress was being sunset as an application, and we thought Sensitrack had a lot to offer, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, with respect to our goals as a department and as an enterprise, um, Sensitrack can help us achieve those goals. And I think after working with a tracking system for so long, there were, there were definitely pros and cons um, to a conversion like this, a conversion that we had to embark upon, um, but ultimately I think is gonna work out wonderful for us. When we kind of think about you know, what was great about this, we had a foundation of understanding the concepts of how a tracking system works because we've been using one. Prior to using a tracking system when we did things in a more archaic fashion and we were uh, implementing a tracking system for the first time, we really had no idea what they conceptually did. And so we didn't have to learn that piece, which was helpful for our staff in dealing with such a big transition because they understood those concepts of what am I trying to do in decontamination or assembly or sterilization or tracking to the patient in the, in the, in the operating room. We had a clear understanding of what our goals were with the application of the system this time, where we didn't have that before. Um, and some of those goals actually changed now that we had a, a better understanding of what these systems had to offer us, as well as what the Sensitrack application specifically had the capability to do. And some of those goals we're going to talk about today. I also really, really loved that we had um, a phenomenal data transfer capability in, in this transition. Um, the Sensitrack team was absolutely wonderful in their support and helping us migrate the data from our existing system to our new system seamlessly, quickly, uh, and, and effectively. Um, our initial uh, implementation was, was quite arduous in uploading all the information for the first time, building count sheets and everything that goes to establishing a, establishing a system for the first time. But this time it was very, very fast in, in, in dumping all of uh, our data, our um, phot photographs, our count sheets, and everything that we had right into the system quickly. And there was a, quite a few lessons that we had learned from our past experience on how to implement the system successfully. So specifically, for example, technology. Printing was a huge nightmare for us the first time we implemented a tracking system. Getting labels and count sheets to function properly with all the computers within the department um, was, was a real, real difficult undertaking. And this time, we, we virtually had no issues because we had learned from those past lessons. Um, and then a, another pro is just Sensitrack has quite a bit of advanced features to offer that our former Impress system did not. Um, some of those we've already taken advantage of at a local facility level, as well as part of the standardization work across our enterprise. And then some of these advanced features we're yet to implement uh, just because we are a relatively new user. Um, but there were some challenges without a doubt. There's fundamental differences in tracking systems. Although they all do similar things, they do fundamentally different uh, 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 work differently. And our staff, we had to really support them in those changes. For example, the sterilization module was completely unique and different from what we were used to how we loaded documentation, biological indicator information, load contents, that type of thing. And then another challenge for us was really learning reports all over again. There's a lot of reports in the system, uh, but we had to kind of play around within it and learn what reports had real value to us um, and got us the information that we were seeking in order to solve the problems that we're faced with within our units.
And then with this implementation, we face some new challenges, um, one that we are going to talk more about today and more about at the conference that's coming up with that census is holding um, in Nashville, the CTUC conference. And that is the standardization work that we did with this system across our enterprise. Um, so again, as I mentioned before, Common Spirit Health is, a, is the largest nonprofit uh, system in America, and we're 142 hospitals strong and growing, and we're actually working to standardize how we deploy SensaTrack in the SPDs across our entire enterprise and the benefits that that comes with. Well, out of the many features you just mentioned there, what are some of you think the most, um, most highlighted or uh, I guess some of your favorite features? What does your team happen to utilize the most? Well, I think as a, as a leader and a system administrator, um, there's quite a few wonderful components to the application, but I'll, I'll discuss a few. Um, system controls uh, are really, really important that we can control how the system is being utilized um, based on roles and responsibilities. So that's something that um, we've really taken advantage of. Again, the reports, um, I find value in quite a few reports. I love the extensive customization of the reports that SenseTrack has to offer, um, as well as I love the ability to schedule reports for routine review, whether we're looking at instruments that are marked missing from sets, especially if they're critical instruments or maintenance reports or our sterilizer or high level disinfection load auditing um, that we do on a weekly basis to make sure we don't have any gaps. Um, we really worked hard to build in tools to support the staff in performing the complex processes that they're doing in SPDs that are consistent with standards and instructions for use as IFUs to keep our patients safe. So, for example, uh, scope trace. We've implemented scope trace here um, and building in the, the steps to process a flexible scope, which, you know, is very, very complex in nature. Um, to help our staff, especially as a teaching facility, where we take a lot of SPD students in, really understand what steps they need to follow. We've also really been exploring the new AI technology that Census is developing within the application to help us set objective goals with the staff as we coach them, as we develop them, or we just work to celebrate their success. We have that objective data to celebrate them um, or to coach them up. And then finally, again, as we talk about, uh, you know, standardization and, and the value, we've really taken advantage of the complexity level tracking um, to help us achieve uh, both individual facility goals um, and system goals uh, with respect to labor productivity. Well, why did you end up going uh, towards the direction of standardizing your instrument tracking system process across multiple facilities? What made you uh, want to follow that route of standardization? Yeah. So, you know, first we had quite a few hospitals within our system that were all on the legacy instrument management system that was being sunset. So we actually, with a deadline of that system being sunset, we're doing a, a large number of conversions to the SensorTrack application in a relatively short period of time. Some were due to other circumstances, but the reality is many of them needed to convert from one system to the other, all while we do have some enterprise goals um, that we're trying to achieve to really fundamentally change um, uh, some of the objective measures in, in sterile processing. Um, and so we also were implementing numerous facilities that had never had a tracking system. So we, we began standardizing really first to deploy a playbook 
for facilities on how to deploy the system to help each other um, determine, you know, how do we actually go live with this application and do it successfully? Um, so the playbook was really the kind of the initial the, the initial piece. And then, as I talked about before, we do have some enterprise goals uh, of better managing our assets on hand. Uh, a specific example of this is we have um, embarked upon a six million dollar saving initiative um, specific to flexible scopes and better understanding at a system level what flexible scopes we have on hand, how they're being utilized, where they might be utilized best, and actually relocating those assets rather than buying new ones is helping us achieve those financial goals. And then additionally, we have another um, significant uh, uh, goal that we're working on specific to productivity. And when I say productivity, this is kind of one of those holy grail problems uh, that every SPD encounters. It's how many staff, how much labor are we allotted, are we given for the work that's in front of us? And so most uh, SPDs today are functioning on a metric uh, that is OR minutes. But all too often, OR minutes is not uh, you know, relative of the work that's actually coming through the unit. Many of us are centralized and processing instruments uh, or invasive devices for units outside of the operating room. And we need to capture, capture that. So uh, we're working to actually change that metric from OR minutes to items processed based on complexity and fully tracked by the SensorTrack application. Well, what does the process look like to get multiple facilities uh, using their system in the same way? Just what are some of the elements of the SensorTrack platform that can be almost uh, universally applied? No, great question. And, and this is not an easy task without a doubt. It, it requires collaboration on multiple fronts. Um, I think it, it really starts with developing a task force representative of the whole. This is a working group. It's a small working group where you can actually impact change. Um, and so this task force, it does need to consist of, of, of people um, within, you know, a, a specific regions or divisions, or if, you know, you're just in a local community but have multiple facilities. Then in addition to that task force, you do need a, a communication or a collaborative group of some kind, uh, a group where you can spread information, where you have access to, to collaborate with all of the stakeholders within the group of facilities that you're trying to partner with. And then in order to make this happen, you do need an executive sponsor to support the effort, communicate the goals to the real decision makers, right? The people with the money. Um, and so it's important to have that executive sponsor, perhaps some, so somebody uh, elevated in, in the perioperative services role at a system level. Um, and then you also need to collaborate with census themselves um, to determine how to achieve or organizational objectives um, and utilize their expertise on the application to do that. Um, so you'll need to bring them and partner with them. Um, uh, but there are a number of areas of the application that we can consider for universal application. Um, and it's all about what goals you have uh, that you want to achieve. So some of those things that you might want to consider, and it starts with the basics like naming conventions and formatting. Um, you know, for example, we use all caps in our system. You will not find lowercase letters. It keeps it very uniform uh, for everybody when they're reading documents, count sheets, that type of thing. Ownership ID, if you're looking to uh, you know, manage your assets across multiple systems, how are you distinguishing those assets from one facility to the next? 
Um, there's numerous administrative lists that you can consider to standardize. For example, access levels. What access levels do we have at a local or a national level and what capabilities do they have? Workstation groups to set them up so all of your computers are designed the same. You can utilize efficiency task lists for specific non-instrument reprocessing uh, tasks. So we're talking about building supply case cards, doing durable medical equipment, doing code cards, these types of things that aren't necessarily uh, assembling uh, or sterilizing an instrument tray. Um, and then you can certainly look at competencies and standardize the competencies that are being deployed. Quality events, this will help you develop uh, key performance indicators, those KPIs. And if we're all looking at the same key KPIs, we can really have some objective metrics to improve our processes. Um, this is going to uh, help with regulatory processes like load documentation expectations. Uh, what are you documenting in your loads? What is the minimum expectation? Lot numbers for BIs, lot numbers for CIs, you know, biocide expiration dates with your high-level disinfection. SensorTrack offers so many fields. Uh, I think it's important to kind of create that playbook. Uh, for what fields at minimum are each facility going to use because there's benefits in that. Complexity levels, as we talked about, you can standardize maintenance intervals. How frequently are we sending trays out based on if they're soft tissue instruments or instruments that are being used in bone, for example, which might need care um, a little more frequently. We can standardize our count sheet design and the components on those count sheets uh, to meet minimum expectations like a three-person count um, to ensure instruments aren't left behind inside of our patients. We, did, we, we uh, uh, created standard label designs for containers, peel packs, flexible scopes, loaner trays. So the labels look the same in every system and the components that are on those labels, like tray weights, for example. You will see that in every system from a regulatory standpoint. Scope trace. We can, we can certainly work to standardize how we deploy scope trace or loaner link. Um, and then uh, it, it was discussed in our organization that it will absolutely be required to use interfacing for um, one source and with the EHR that that, that uh, organization is using the electronic health record. So you, you, you have to utilize that interfacing uh, body with the system. So these are all things that you could consider um, within the application to standardize. But again, it's about what goals do you have? And let's focus on those items that will help us achieve those goals. Well, what are some of the main challenges that come with this standardization that we're talking about? And uh, how did you find ways to rectify any kinds of challenges that may have been brought up with this process? Yeah, it, without a doubt, there are challenges. I mean, we're all siloed, even within our own hospital, the departments are very siloed. So when we start to try to break down those silos from one SPD to another SPD, a sister facility um, in your organization, as most of us are part of a larger healthcare system, we do need to find ways to break down those silos and communicate and collaborate. And I think it starts with really just getting people involved early and giving them a voice. That was essential, having them have some buy-in to the process um, and, and make sure that we were covering um, all of the components that were important to people based upon um, what they're trying to accomplish with their tracking system. Um, we need to make sure people understand why we're doing this and how it can benefit their unit specifically, but also how it benefits the organization as a whole, seeing everything big picture. 
Um, and actually many welcomed the help um, because again, especially when you're implementing a system for the first time, it can be pretty overwhelming. You don't fully understand conceptually what these applications can do. And if you have that expert resource, um, uh, you know, they welcome that help, which also helps in standardizing um, and sharing that knowledge. We did have to develop uh, a number of communication tools within the project. Um, you know, Zoom conferences, no-do-share communications, a lot of direct email. Um, and then we utilized task force representatives that were a representative of each division to actually partner with people in that division, those leaders local that they might have closer working relationships with. Um, and then it was really about creating that template, that playbook, that we could pass something out, something that was hands-on that people could read through and say, okay, this is what I'm doing with the system. I need to set it up this way. Well, what are some of the benefits now, moving on to the benefits uh, post challenges of multiple facilities within a network standardizing their instrument tracking system usage? Yeah, so there's there's numerous benefits to realize here. We can have consistent SOPs, those standards of operations within the organization. Staff training is a lot easier, especially if, if staff might float from one department to another or actually move from one facility to another, a sister facility, a transfer, they can you know, virtually you know, jump right in and they're gonna know what's going on and how to use it. Regulatory compliance is probably you know, one of the biggest pieces and one of our biggest risks. You know, our documentation is complete, it's electronic, it's accessible. And then really, you know, I think it's important, surveyors are seeing a consistent practice. You know, I don't want a surveyor to go into one of my sister hospitals and see one thing, then come to mine and see something completely different. That opens up the rabbit hole that we're going to talk about it. Um, and so when we can drive a consistent practice, they're seeing a consistent practice, those surveys are so much easier to get through. We can improve quality with the KPIs that we can actually monitor with the objective data. The reports can be standardized for running at the local facility or enterprise-wide data, again, with those access levels at the national level that they can run reports on what assets we have, which helps us with that asset management piece. We talked a little bit about the productivity, um, but certainly if we can standardize how we deploy them, we might be able to change our productivity metric from OR minutes to items processed based on complexity level, which we have found in our pilot test to be a far better metric um, in, in determining how much labor resources we need to properly do the work that's in front of us. And then of course there's cost savings. You can save money in a number of ways. There's also cost avoidance ways to deploy these systems. For example, the maintenance uh, uh, piece of this, how often are you sending things out uh, for refurbishment? Is that based on time or usage or those reallocation of unused assets? Well, what are some of the data points that you look at most often you find when managing your SPD? And how is that helpful to see the same data points across facilities uh, for uh, benchmarking and uh, uh, additional things of that nature? Yeah, so when it comes to those KPIs, these key performance indicators, um, we look at unit KPIs, we look at individual KPIs. From a unit perspective, we love to look at total containers complete. These are reports that are within your application. We also love to look at total critical items uh, in a container as we, we certainly want to achieve a 100% objective with those critical items being available in the trays. What's the average turnaround time on our trays? We look at case cart error rate, on-time start uh, delays due to instrumentation issues, bio burden event rates is a big one that we monitor. 
um, complete documentation rate. So we look at you know, uh, our sterilization loads, how many of those loads have complete documentation um, as, as a key performance indicator. And then of course, immediate use steam sterilization rate and reasons. From an individual perspective, we do look at items processed per shift, what the staff's uh, individual complexity level of the trays that they're touching are, their personal documentation audits and how they're performing with respect to their high-level disinfection sterilization documentation. Um, and then we look at load sterilized um, uh, by the staff and, and how many containers are in them, how many peel packs are in them, all part of the evaluation process. And so, you know, benchmarking across our facilities at this stage has been more on determining appropriate labor requirements has been our goal um, that we've been pilot, piloting. Um, but again, as I talked about, we're also really looking at where we have underutilized assets that can be reappropriated to reduce costs. As I mentioned, the, the flexible scopes, for example. Um, uh, and so I think, you know, from a personal standpoint, benchmarking my employees' performance is very helpful in managing my unit, but we also have identified some key uh, areas where we can grow this at the enterprise level. Well, Robbie, I'm going to, before we start closing up the conversation here, uh, let's focus on some actionables. Uh, in what ways can standardized processing set staff up for success and uh, in, in their complex roles in the sterile processing field today, as well as just, you know, some final advice to other hospitals who are looking to standardize their instrument management systems? How do they set their staff up uh, for success? I mean, if they want to apply this network wide, I mean, where should they start? I mean, uh, could you give us some pointers on that? Yeah, so as I talked about before, you know, those five core concepts that instrument management systems provide us, one of the biggest is process design. Because uh, again, you know, our staff are working in a very complex environment, making high risk decisions every day. And so by deploying standards, it, it can really streamline uh, uh, the education, the onboarding, and the results um, in compliance, as well as profit process efficiencies, which ultimately result in patient-safe outcomes, those patient-centric outcomes that we're all striving for. And again, it is about the process design to set the staff up for success. I often say it's, you know, most problems aren't people problems, they're process problems that we need to um, work on. And the tracking system can be that tool to build uh, in those process designs. There's so many details for these staff to remember in these standards and IFUs that, that we're all accountable to. Um, so building the standards, you know, to drive quality can help the staff be successful in meeting these expectations. I'll give you a specific example. So just look at your count sheets for, you, you know, for example, um, first of all, if we can design a standard count sheet that is gonna have three complete counts, one for the sterile processing technician, one for the first count in the OR, one for the second count after the case, um, you know, we can prevent these, uh, these adverse events from happening where instruments are, are left behind. We can build into those count sheets Things like lubrication, what needs to be lubricated, what lubricant do you use, where do you place the lubricant. You can put pictures in with the exact point where that lubricant needs to go. If you think about a da Vinci stapler with the seven lubrication points, um, it's complex stuff to remember. You can build in things on your count sheet like testing rongers, doing a punch test on your kerosens, that kind of thing or doing uh, insulation testing on your laparoscopic instrumentation. It's a reminder of that I need to do this. It's documenting that it did get done. And then you can uh, provide pictures exactly how to do that. 
Um, you can use assembly notes to resolve missing items, for example. If you've got uh, things that are missing from the tray, you can put a note in that will prompt the, the, the technician to put that back in, into the set. Scope trace uh, functions very similarly. You can build in the leak tests, the, the cleaning verification process, whether you're using ATP or something else, or the drying cabinet connections, which can be a little bit complex with so many different flexible scopes. So you can design these right into the, in, into the, the count sheet, into the system, so that staff know exactly what to do rather than trying to have to remember it all. The quick link to one source can access those IFUs. Again, photos are huge. Put photos in. We have more than 5,000 photos of our sets and instruments in, in, in our uh, system, uh, aiding them in being successful in their role. Well, Robbie, for those listening in uh, right now who are interested and want to learn more about SensorTrack, what you do, uh, instrument tracking system application standards, are there any type of events coming up uh, that you'd like to kind of pitch here uh, for people to come visit? Yeah, so uh, again, I'm going to talk more in depth about this at the upcoming SeaTuck uh, conference that Census is, is hosting in Nashville in September. Reach out to your local uh, uh, census representative and, and get more information about that. Um, and we're going to walk through uh, some of these uh, these simple things that you can do in order to realize a standardized product with your instrument management system. Um, and it might be helpful for those of you who want to uh, uh, have more broad goals across your organization, or they might just be great tips for you to deploy at your local facility and how to best utilize these complex systems to achieve your personal goals within your own department. Well, thank you so much, Robbie. That closes up the conversation for today. Uh, really appreciated you coming on the podcast to uh, discuss your instrument tracking system application standards across multiple facilities. We learned a lot. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Gabrielle. Absolutely. And as always, if you'd like to learn more, please visit census.com and look for this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts at. I've been your host, Gabrielle. Thanks for tuning in.